0: everyone, welcome to your newest episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast. And on this episode, we are going to be offering a guide through the dark night of the soul. And the inspiration for this podcast is mainly because many of us have been through a dark night of the soul or are currently going through a dark night of the soul. And one might even say that we are indeed in a collective dark night of the soul, and we really want to discuss this from different angles because the dark night of the soul has a purpose which is often missed and that purpose is really it's an opportunity for immense spiritual transformation if we know how to use it as as such so in this podcast we are going to cover signs of the dark night of the soul the origin of the term how it relates to the process of purification the misconceptions about the dark night of the soul, share personal stories about it, and really offer some guidelines on how you can heal from a dark night of a soul and find potential gifts of the dark night of the soul. And in the second hour, which is only for members of our veil of reality membership. So if you want to sign up for that, go to veil of reality.com slash membership, and you can sign up for the second hour of every single one of our podcasts, which we have, I think over 110 now So in that second hour, we're going to cover how the Dark Knight of the Soul relates to Joseph Campbell's hero's journey and Carl Jung's idea of shadow work. So it also relates to the idea of the individuation process and how it also relates to this idea we've talked about on other podcasts. I think we've even had a podcast about it of ascent and descent. So we have to dive deeper in order to go higher. Um, and how the dark night of the soul can lead to a rebirth of creativity, which is also part of both shadow work and the related individuation process. So if you want to listen or join our membership to get access to every second hour, you can go to veilofreality.com membership. And I think it's $11 a month. You can gain access to all the second hours and we go much deeper into the podcast. So really what we want to get into is how the dark night of the soul has a connection with spiritual growth. So to really frame it, not just as solely a quote unquote, like evil or dark thing, because a lot of people associate dark with evil, but to see it as a spiritual process or rather a spiritual trial. So we're being tested in a way. And it's usually... You know, it's it not it's not always related to an unfortunate event, but I've definitely seen it being precipitated by an unfortunate event or a crisis. But the main thing to realize and why it what makes it a spiritual trial is that it relates to a loss of meaning. So you're you've lost that kind of connection to life. Life feels meaningless. Life feels hollow and empty. So maybe you can share a little bit about how you've seen that.
1: Well, it is almost. There's a little paradox, as you were describing it, the darkness of the soul. It really plunges you into the depth of the shadow, of the dark darkness, meaning no meaning, everything what we thought uh, we wanted, or our whole perception of life, meaning of life, and everything we own or we attach to is, this is crumbling down, so to speak. But the way I've experienced it, and we go deeper into that, is actually almost as well divine intervention, divine grace, divine tough grace to break everything down in order to free the soul, the true being. But for that, we need to experience the quote-unquote dark night of the soul. Yeah, Uh, It's a natural process in that sense, but it can be obviously very debilitating, very confusing uh, and drag us down into the shadows, into the underworld.
0: Especially since we live in a culture that Kind of expects us to always be productive and up and going and happy. Or if you're not happy, something's wrong with you. Got to get you on antidepressants, got to get you some pills. We got to fix this, you know, because the dark night of the soul can, and I would argue will happen to anyone and some people engage with it in ways of trying to stop it or escape it, which I think can stall it. So if you go to a psychiatrist and you explain to them how you're feeling, oh, I feel depressed, like life is meaningless and empty, they're most likely going to give you a pill, which will then actually stall the dark night of the soul, because the point of it is to engage in the transformative process that it's calling us to engage in so that we can liberate ourselves from the false parts of our lives or ourselves so we can live a more authentic life. So that's the purpose of this purification process.
1: Yeah, that's a good point in our culture because, um, you know, you're only a successful human being if you're happy, joyful, and smiling all the time. And if you're down and, you know, in the grind and or depressed and down, they can literally label, a dark night of the soul, this deep spiritual process as a mental illness. Yeah, that right? happened to
0: me, actually. They yeah. they labeled it as treatment-resistant depression.
1: <laughs> <There you go. laughs> like because it, the, it is treatment-resistant <laughs> f- Conventionally, You have to yeah. embrace it and go through it and like, not suppress it.
0: Like the pills aren't working. <laughs> um, and the, so the most important aspect of this is that it often involves letting go. So you're going to have to let go of parts of yourself, aspects of your life, ways that you've been living your life up until now. you're just It's just going to happen naturally. And the dark doesn't necessarily mean it's sinister or something is going wrong in your life. It just means it's happening through an unconscious process. So it's beyond our conscious control.
1: That's a very good point. A very important point. It is an unconscious process. It is beyond the control of the ego right it's almost basically it's an ego death re, um, rebirth death experience or death rebirth experience which the ego has no control over which is terrifying because we always want to be in charge wanting control of our lives of ourselves and when you're in the midst of a true dark night of the soul, all of that flies out of the window
0: yeah. And it's usually not this one-off singular event. I want to point that out. Like you don't just go through your dark night of the soul once and then you're done and you've accomplished it and then you get a prize. <laughs> it can appear on and off in many forms throughout our lives. And I also want to distinguish, you know, which we'll go into deeper later, but there's a difference between like just feeling sad for a few days or even a couple weeks Versus a full on dark night of the soul, which I have found months, even years it, yeah. it can take. Um, so let's go into some of the signs of a dark night of the soul. And these are just ideas, doesn't mean that anytime you experience these things, it can be a dark night of the soul. Um, but one of them is it's often initiated by a crisis or something external. So something happens that brings you to this feeling of meaningless. And I also want to point out that just because you experience these things doesn't mean you go through a dark night of the soul. You might experience these things and move through it consciously and never have that loss of meaning because you know how to grieve properly or let go properly or you have certain tools or whatever. Um, but here's some ways I've seen it happen. Um, a divorce or a relationship falling apart, losing a job, a death, or even worse traumas like abuse, rape, betrayal. Um,
1: fin- financial fin- hardship. Yeah,
0: financial hardship, loss of a job. So. These don't always have to be related to a dark night of the soul, meaning these issues always don't end in a dark night of the soul, but it does relate to a dark night of the soul if these experiences take you away from feeling joy of ordinary life. So it it creates this loss of meaning. You start to feel empty and hollow. So if you have someone, for example, close to you who dies and you go through an intense grieving process and you never feel that loss of meaning – You're just going through a grieving process, which is very intense. It doesn't necessarily have to precipitate a dark night of the souls. So I just want to differentiate that, that the core aspect of it is that loss of meaning.
1: Yeah, that's very important because in our culture nowadays, just like with shadow work has become oversimplified and um, really turned into pop psychology, so to speak. Same with the concept of the dark night of the soul. A lot of people talk about it and almost reference any issue or problem they go through in life as a quote-unquote dark night of the soul just because the ego personality didn't get what it think it wanted on a superficial level but that's not not a dark night of the soul that d- truly uh, penetrates deeper as laura just said and can create a full-on meaningless in life so these events absolutely can trigger a deeper process that is, again, necessary and part of soul evolution from a higher perspective.
0: Yeah, it strikes you to your core. Like there's something within you that fundamentally gets changed and shook. And it's like the rug is pulled out from underneath you. Nothing that you were into before, any interests, any hobbies, even the friends, doesn't matter anymore. It's it. I definitely associate it with a very deep depression because it, I mean, clinically, that's what they would label it. Yeah. But it's really about that loss of meaning where something, you know, it's like everything just changes in an instant and you haven't yet realized what it's going to change into. It's like you're stuck in this limbo state between what was lost and what, what else is going to be born. So
1: a, a big sign of it is also losing any guidance, feeling stuck, not knowing what to do. Yeah. So it forces you to, to surrender to some higher, deeper bigger process exactly
0: and then ultimately as we go on through the 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 meaning and the origin of a term it's meant to bring you to a relationship to God or the divine at the end. That's the whole point. So like not getting the job that you wanted and feeling kind of depressed for a couple of weeks and then like finding a better job. That's not necessarily a dark (laughs) night of the soul. That's just, you know, I think it also has to do with our relationship with sadness and depression and any uncomfortable feeling in this culture. Like a lot of people, that's why, that's why there's so many people in the Western world on antidepressants right now and on, psychiatric drugs is because we can't handle despair sorrow grief we are very allergic to these feelings in our culture And I would also argue the way that our culture is set up, it doesn't give room for people to go through these processes. We're kind of forced to put on a happy face to get better because we have to keep going to our job, keep going to work, right? So we generally don't have a healthy relationship with these, what we would label as like more negative or darker feelings. We want to push them away with addictions, with drugs, with diagnoses. So like there's a differentiation between just having a temporary depression because of something that happens in your life and then having a loss of meaning. So that's the key distinction is a loss of meaning and how it really shakes you to your core.
1: And I think it also relates to what you just alluded to. In our modern culture, we are so disconnected from spirit, from nature, from ourselves, and so lost in modernization of everything. We have lost, as Joseph Campbell talked about, our myth, our mythology, our deeper purpose. So we have lost these rite of passages, right? Yeah, And that is actually a rite of passage, a necessary step almost coming into deeper adulthood. Similar, we don't have no rite of passage from boy to manhood, from girl to womanhood, and all of that. So it is an archetypal step in the evolutionary journey of the soul. Yeah. So speaking of that, let's talk about the origin of the term. And it's very interesting because um, the dark net of the soul... Was, is based on a poem written by 16th-century Spanish poet and Roman Catholic mystic St. John of the Cross. And he literally call, uh, wrote a poem called The Dark Night of the Soul. So it has its roots in Christianity. Um, <clears throat> so St. John of the Cross's poem narrates the journey of the soul from its bodily home to its union with God, with the divine and that journey is called the dark night because darkness represents the hardships and difficulties the soul meets in detachment from the world and reaching the light of the union with the creator the main idea of the poem can be seen basically as a painful experience that people endure as they seek to grow in spiritual maturity and union with the god with god And uh, just more reference, the poem is divided into two books that reflect two phases of the dark night of the soul. Number one, the first is a purification of the senses, like a purification process you also just mentioned. And the second and more intense of the two stages is the purification of the spirit, which is less common of the two. And the dark night of the soul further describes the ten steps on the ladder of mystical love uh, and union with the divine. So it's very fascinating. So basically, it was based on a conscious um, surrender and aspiration to the divine. And in that process, the soul had to go through purification process, encountering darkness, encountering the darkness of the soul, to letting go. It's like, a, um, again, a death-rebirth process, so to speak, um, in terms of in this journey of union with the divine. So it is just basically, you can even see this even symbolized, I would say, even the resurrection of Jesus dying and then being resurrected uh, to ascend to heaven and and unite with the divine, with God, so to speak. But what I found interesting in this story that is definitely related, uh, as he described in his poem, of somebody already consciously on this spiritual journey wanting to unite with the divine and then... Um, embrace this process as the soul needs to go through the purification process.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I'll share a little bit about that later with my own personal story, because I can definitely relate to that, is that this purification process is really key. It's not just about you know finding a better relationship to replace the one that you lost that you're sad yes. about. It's not about just finding a different friendship or a different job or whatever to replace the one. It's about you reorienting something through giving some false part of yourself up. And I think in this world, a lot of us are conditioned To chase after things based off of our own wounded egos, desires, and rather something that's coming from a deeper place within our own soul. So often the dark night just takes away these conditioned wants and desires and needs or stuff that was being driven from a wounded place to begin with. And I think that that union with God is a really critical turning point when we realize that none of these things that we were chasing can actually replace what we lost. We actually need to find something deeper or higher or something almost transcended in order to gain that meaning again it's not just replacing so like you know a breakup for example you could feel a loss of meaning or depression from that but then if you just get into another relationship you didn't really go through a dark yeah. night of the soul you just found another relationship
1: that's a very important point and even like based on its origin um in saint john of the cross's poem what the dark night of the soul truly initiates On a deeper level, is the yearning, is the surrender and aspiration to the divine and God. Yeah. And not a substitute for it, which most people are looking for.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's not just about the event, it's not just about the relationship, it's not just about the financial hardship or the loss of job, but it's about something striking deeper in your core. Um, And something about the soul wanting to unite with the divine is the ultimate outcome. So the dark night is not just you feeling sad about something and then finding something that makes you happy again. And then, and you know, continuing on that cycle of like sadness and happiness and sadness and happiness, which is basically samsara, by the way, is like, I feel good. I feel bad. I feel good. I feel bad. And you're just round and round in the circle. But it's that profound loss of meaning that ultimately can end with you union with the divine or some sort of higher connection with the divine. It's like, it's almost like that loss of meaning has to precipitate the connection with the divine. Cause we have to almost like, suffer from, like, um, a feeling of, I think, who who calls it moral bankruptcy? Is Gurdjieff?
1: Yeah, that's actually from Moraviv, also oh, yeah. based on, on esoteric Christianity. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 where you just, all of the regular things that you s- saw in life to make you happy no longer are working, Yes, and then you have to turn to the transcendent. So I'm I'm just going to read a quote, actually, that kind of summarizes an aspect of this by um, Thomas Moore, who's I think he's a psychiatrist, but he also comes from the Christian tradition as well Um, in his book, The Dark Nights of the Soul. And he says, At one time or another, most people go through a period of sadness, trial, loss, frustration, or failure that is so disturbing and long-lasting that it can be called a dark night of the soul. If your main interest in life is health, you may quickly try to overcome the darkness." But if you are looking for meaning, character, and personal substance, you may discover that a dark night has many important gifts for you. Today, we label many of these experiences depression, but not all dark nights are depressive, and this word is too clinical for something that makes you question the very meaning of life. It's time for a different way of imagining this common experience and therefore a different way of dealing with it. But I warn you, this business is subtle, and you will have to look closely closely at yourself to see how a deeply disturbing episode can be a precious moment of transformation.
1: Mhm. Interesting. So he also warns about that it can be easily mistaken for something else. Yeah, and right. and it'll
0: be labeled. It could be clinically labeled as depression. And then he makes a really good point that if your main interest is health, which is also could be related, I just want to be healthy and self improvement, and every, you know this kind of self improvement, better, better version of myself. You might quickly try to overcome it.
1: Ah, that's, so that that's actually sorry to interrupt, but that's a trap of a lot of just typical self actualization motivational mindset ideas of just get over yourself, success, success, exactly. I'm not, no negativity, just focus on positive yeah. affirmations, like overriding yeah. a process that is designed to plunge you into the depth of your being, into the darkness, into so-called quote-unquote depression and quote-unquote negative feelings in order to access something way deeper, the soul to retrieve it, to purify it, to bring it forth. Because in that process, if you really go through with it and you will share your stories. I'll share my stories. You will also realize then most of what you think you wanted was never actually aligned with what your soul truly, quote unquote, desired.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I think I'm actually going to share my own personal story now because then it kind of relates to how we're, what we're going to cover next. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, I mean, like I have a Scorpio south node. <laughs> so I've been through, I, I actually consider a lot of my life to be an extended dark night of the soul, but I don't think I really faced it until um, it was actually, so there's a transit that happens before your Saturn return at 27 called the reverse nodal return, also known as the nodal opposition. So it's when the transiting nodes are conjunct, are opposite, but conjunct your node. So I have the transiting north node in Scorpio, conjunct my south node in Scorpio, and vice versa for the uh, Taurus north node, conjunct the south, transiting south node. So this is a very interesting transit, by the way, this is actually the transit that actually relates to the whole 27 club where a lot of these famous musicians die at 27. That's actually not their Saturn return. That's their nodal opposition. So a very fascinating, very critical turning point, um, can be very intense, especially if you have an an intense nodal signature like I do. But basically, um, I was able to kind of uh, avoid my trauma by like getting into like love and then drug addiction. So I was a music journalist. I was constantly going to concerts, falling in love with different musicians, just getting off the high of that. And that was able to kind of, um, make me avoid a dark night of the soul for a pretty long time. So my main thing was relationship, love addiction and also actual addiction. So I was able to kind of avoid facing a lot of the traumas that happened in my childhood, that happened in my teens, that happened by my twenties by doing that. And I was just constantly on the run from myself. But then a certain point happened at 27. um, And basically, I mean, it was pretty dark. I, Ended up going to detox, um, which on the the downtown east side of Vancouver, by the way, for those who know, it's a very, very dark part of Vancouver. Um, It's actually where Gaber Mate also used to work and they have free detox centers there. So I checked myself into detox because I had an opiate addiction and I asked, was basically addicted to like several prescription drugs. Some of them were, you know, benzodiazepines, some of them were opiates, painkillers, and I was like physically addicted to them. So if I stopped, I would get sick and it was really bad. So I checked myself into there and then they put me unfortunately on methadone, which I am not a fan of, which basically is, um, socially acceptable form of heroin in my opinion it still gets you addicted to it i didn't want to be on it and so um and then i didn't i didn't eventually get cured i did stay in there for weeks and i did find meditation yoga i participated in lots of uh narcotics anonymous groups which gave me a sense of community so there was like little bits of healing but as soon as i left i was plunged back into the addiction again um, because I didn't treat the root cause. The root cause was trauma. So that's the key po- aspect of addiction. And, and
1: what was there's like a certain, uh, around this, I was curious, around this age, 27, was there a specific event that triggered it that was it like a catalyst? Yeah, yeah, I'm into getting it? into
0: that. Basically, um, there was a couple. So I got involved in a relationship with a musician in LA and that just totally exploded in my face. And then I got re-involved with an ex of mine, but the real thing that okay, so I got to circle back. So I'm I'm telling in sequence because I want to go through the whole story. So I got in a detox, and then I got I went back into my addiction pretty much off the bat, um, and then the thing that precipitated a major event that kind of catalyzed the whole process. So I was in this addiction for months, by the way. I was just like very depressed, very negative. And actually detox, I you know even though I'm grateful in some ways for the experience, in many ways, it made me worse. It actually precipitated a very deep sense of meaning. Like I felt, I remember even watching, it was around the time that like all these school shootings were happening, the Batman shooter happened. And I was like, I was literally in such a dark place. I was like, I can understand why people do this kind of stuff. Like that's, I I literally had the state of consciousness where I could relate to people who were committing these killings. Like that was a very dark place. And the drugs that they put me on made me worse. They made me depressed. I felt bad loss of meaning. And I was also trying to use regular drugs on top of it. So, and then the, the real turning point happened when I don't know what happened, but I had a conversation with a family member of mine who, which was so, they, they were so cruel and so harsh to me, I got off the phone and decided that I was gonna kill myself. And I've told this story in other podcasts. Basically, I went downtown to get the drugs to try and OD myself. I was going to overdose myself, basically. And then because of some like weird videos, because I was posting really sad and depressing videos on Facebook, I I set off my friends who were like, something's wrong with Laura. And, you know, basically the cops were looking for me and a cop stopped me in the moment that I was trying to buy the drugs. And then I got sent to the psychiatric ward and then it kind of like derailed my plan. Um, but yeah, then fast forward circle. I tried to escape the dark night of the soul again by basically getting with an ex who was very abusive and very bad for me. And I moved across the country to be with him. He ended up getting very aggressive and controlling and borderline violent and that's when i really plunged into like this is like this is it no relationship is going to save me no person is going to save me cuz i was definitely looking for saviors in the form of relationships for sure i thought someone was just going to save me from this and that was the point when i remember i remember it very clearly actually that it got so bad because he was almost about he he got very close to basically punching me and becoming very violent and it scared the crap out of me um I was outside of his apartment and it was like snowing and I had no money and it was like the middle of winter. I didn't know anyone there. And I got up back to his room and I I, I literally thought I was in a nightmare. Like I actually thought this is so bad. This can't be real. And then I went up to his room and I prayed for the first time in my life, by the way, very seriously, Please, God, I ne- i don't know how to pray to you. I don't know why this is happening, but if you exist, I need you to get me out of this situation. And in that moment, someone who I hadn't from, from years texted me and basically offered me a place to stay. And from that, I was able to rebuild my life like that's another story. But I really got plunged into it, the loss of meaning, the relationships weren't working, the drugs weren't working, nothing was working anymore, and so that's what turned me to God, and it was a purification process, I had to let go of everything, I had to let go of my addiction to relationships, I had to let go of my addiction to drugs, I had to let go of my old self and the way I was living, everything about my old personality had to die at that point. And it was a slow death and it was a slow letting go, but there was a major shift of who I was then and who I am now. And it it was just radical, the shift, actually, because I had to let everything go. And that was that's how it relates to the purification process.
1: Yeah, that's very interesting, actually, um, as you describe your story that uh, going back to uh, John of the Cross's poem of the darkness of the soul and the two books based on that. One of them is the first phase, is the purification of the senses. Right in in that sense, no pun intended. You can relate this to nowadays. This purification is also about purification of addiction, which relates to trauma, shadow. All of that in order to um, reach the true self. In yeah. order to and you knew the true self was coming through when you engage in the complete surrender to the divine. Yes. I started praying.
0: Yes. And I didn't even... With
1: absolute sincerity, by the way. Yeah, because
0: the whole thing that I grasped onto meaning was torn out from underneath me. I couldn't do it anymore. I definitely suffered a complete bankruptcy of all of my coping mechanisms. And so that was the most profound one. And what I want to touch on is that we often go through several dark nights in life. And maybe you can read this quote Um, this is Thomas More again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If you're like most people, you have gone through several dark nights of the soul. Definitely, I can relate to that. You may be in the middle of one right now. You may be in a difficult marriage, have a child in trouble, or find yourself caught in a tenacious and terrible mood. You may be grieving the loss of a spouse or parent, or even a child. You may have been betrayed by a lover or business partner, or going through a divorce. For some people, these situations are problems to be solved. But for others, they are the source of deep despair. A true night, dark night of the soul is not a surface challenge, but a development that takes you away from the joy of your ordinary life. An external event or an internal mood strikes you at the core of your existence. This is not just a feeling, but a rapture in your very being. And it may take a long while to get through to the other end of it.
0: Yeah. And I want to also point out, even though I told that story somewhat briefly, like this took place over months to years and then months of me being the dark night of the soul and then getting out of it was years. Yeah. So and that was because also the addiction, I had to rebuild myself physically first, then emotionally and then psychologically and spiritually. I had to start from the ground up like I don't know anyone who's addicted, who's been addicted to opiates, but my body was really weak and it was even enough to try and get off those physically.
1: You know, so this is very interesting because that puts me into context what we see in our social, public life, our, you know, personality mask, our ego desires, and what we decide or judge as quote-unquote good and bad experiences. What yeah. is good, what is bad, right? Yeah. From very, very limited ego perspective. But in the context of this deeper spiritual process, like a dark night of the soul, Something, quote-unquote, the ego personality, even socially, culturally, would say something, what you experience is very bad and negative. Oh, my God, nobody wants to experience. But in your process from this higher perspective, it turned into something not only good but better, right? That's what I mean, what I mentioned before, that the dark night of the soul definitely ties into grace, divine grace, but not divine grace in terms of just justifying or, excuse me, uh, just... um, Giving the ego whatever it wants and all these positive things, riches and 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 relationships, whatever, but can plunge you into a despair and darkness, like tough grace, in order to push you into disillusionment, despair, moral bankruptcy, in order to purify everything and then rise like the phoenix out of the ashes.
0: Yeah, like for example, you know, like I was like really on a different track or a different timeline back then than I am now. If you would have told me back then I would be doing the work now, I would have thought, I would like laughed at you Mm -hmm. actually. Um, So I was really like very identified with the artist archetype, especially the tortured artist, you know, I think that's why I also had the the drive towards self-destruction in many ways. I was a music journalist, even though I had like not been doing it for years and kind of just like was like, just still wanted to be a writer, like a famous author, like that was my goal, you know. But I didn't have any sort of like spiritual, I wasn't really oriented towards a spiritual in a sincere way, in any way whatsoever. So the reorientation towards a spiritual, and then also what was a really critical point, but then also. It was also me realizing the trauma I had, the problem with my addiction, the problem, why why was I getting into all of these very toxic and abusive relationships? I had to face everything. And if I maybe hadn't been so traumatized and it hadn't gotten so dark, I might've been able to just continue on the light that I was continuing on, kind of being like more casually, socially addicted, being in toxic relationships, but never having to face the gravity of what I had to face because it got so dark. And then it totally reoriented my life. Like literally from the moment that I decided that I had that prayer moment and I decided to heal, I started engaging in yoga daily, meditation daily. And that was it. Like, And obviously, you know, there's so much more to the story on how I engaged in spiritual bypassing and whatnot. But it really reoriented my life. So now when I look back you know, as hard as it was and how it almost took me out, I had to go through it to be where I am now. And I had to even go through it, like to even do the work that we do now because I've been through some of the deepest depths of suffering, you know, even that I could imagine. But even then, I remember being in detox with people and I was like hearing people's stories of people who had been sold into prostitution by their mothers when they were like 13. And the stories that I heard in Narcotics Anonymous or in detox were really dark. And I really felt that that initiated me to be able to be with the depths of human suffering in a sincere way because i had been through a portion of it myself so it's really important when we're going through this dark night of the soul is like we like to label things oh they're addicted that's bad they're they yeah. have a job they're they're married that's good you know but often the bad thing actually leads us to the good thing and we just don't have the vision to see like i absolutely had to go through that in order to do the work that i'm doing now and in order to actually sincerely turn to God in a way where I wasn't just doing it on a surface personality level, but it was very sincere, because I only turned to God when there was nothing else left. No family, no friends, no addiction, no relationships could save me. And it was that relationship to God that was fostered during that critical turning point.
1: So it's very interesting. So in the sense, based on your story and what I alluded to before, the darkening of the soul as you experience it, can also be correlate to divine intervention. Mm-hmm. Like, hold on, you're going the wrong down the wrong path. This is what I have in store for you. Almost God, I can relate to that. I'll share my experience later on, as well, from based on on my story and everything. But it really ha- forced you to align with something but ha- higher. But in that instance, and we will talk about this in the second hour, you could have also easily get stuck there. Yeah. Right? If you would have, and a lot of people get stuck in the darkness of the soul. They get stuck to the point of even committing suicide or get completely stuck in victimization, victimizing themselves, self-pity, blaming everyone in the world for their misery, mm-hmm. and not understanding the deeper lesson behind it.
0: Or you could get addicted to pharmaceuticals at that, and point, that point, you know? At that as well, like, exactly. That's but, even worse. Like, I, that, that was one thing that I was certain I didn't want to do, because I had already tried that path, and I saw that it actually made me even more depressed and suicidal than I was before.
1: But when I want to go back to this dark night, um, when you can never understand, when you're in the midst of it, you don't see the purpose or meaning of it. It can be very you know, obviously it sucks. <laughs> I can relate to that. But how can we really tell what is a good thing or bad thing? That's that's what we alluded to. So there's a great quote uh, yeah, yeah, by I can Gerald read it. May. Go yeah, ahead so this is this. another
0: book on The Dark night of the Soul. I think he's a psychiatrist. And he says, On the outset, I must confess that I am no longer very good at telling the difference between good things and bad things. Of course, there are many events in human history that can be labeled "'as evil, but from the standpoint "'of inner individual experience, "'the distinction has become blurred for me. "'Some things start out looking great "'but wind up terribly, "'while other things seem bad in the beginning "'but turn out to be blessings in disguise.' I was diagnosed with cancer in 1995, which I thought was a bad thing, but the experience brought me closer to God and to my loved ones than I'd ever been, and that was wonderfully good. The chemotherapy felt awful, but it resulted in a complete cure, which I decided was good. I later found out it may have caused the heart disease that now has me waiting for a heart transplant. (laughs) At some point, I gave up trying to decide what's ultimately good or bad. I truly do not know. Wow. And that's profound. profound, you know. That's like he, profound. like you, you don't know actually why we have to go through these. And I think it's almost like the dark night of the soul involves accepting the gift in deep suffering. That there's profound meaning in it.
1: Yeah, it's very well said. So, in that context, it's really you can exp- uh, even. Expand your vision to the collective. You can even argue we're going collectively through a dark night of the soul and what's happening in the world, especially the past three years, three, four years, pandemic and rupture. We talked all about this. We see what's happening in the world, right? But I've said this before, all, all this quote-unquote evil stuff, bad things that are happening, it did trigger an awakening many people, right? A lot of people would and many people we have even worked with in our group program or one-on-ones or people we communicate with, They experienced devastating disillusionment and rapture, but similar to what uh, Gerald here experienced, it triggered a deeper awakening and brought them closer to God. It even strengthened some other relationships where they had to let go of others. It brought them closer to themselves. It made them question everything and kind of forced them, so to speak, on what truly matters. And that is actually, quote unquote, a good thing, but it's not an easy thing. Yeah, right?
0: no, it's t- definitely not definitely easy.
1: easy. So that's, you know, in light of our listeners. So look back sometimes instead of always dividing, you know, any experience, what you have in life as quote on good or bad, or had a good year, a bad year. These are such superficial judgments from the, you know, conditioned wounded ego personality that always wants pleasure, no pain and always smiling, always good, 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 addicted to dopamine or whatnot. Uh, but look back into your life and see what actually what you would, Consider back then a clearly bad or horrible experience, it might have been to a degree, but it was a necessary experience in context of the evolution of consciousness and the purification of your soul and brought you closer to God, to your true self, and initiated a deeper process way beyond any quote-unquote good experiences that are considered quote-unquote a success in our official culture.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like if I were to look at my experiences with the eyes of a consensus person, I'd be like, well, I wasted a bunch of years of my life because I was struggling in addiction and trauma. But I actually think that that was entirely necessary because now I have such a deeper inner understanding of addiction, trauma, trauma and from going through it myself that I can sit with people who've experienced that and not judge them and be with them and actually also understand what they're going through. And that's one of the things that it seems that I was called here to do. So let's talk about how to heal from the dark night of the soul. And these are just some overall suggestions. I just want to also point out that you know, as I gave my example of healing from the darkness of the soul, it literally took me years to completely recover and to find this deeper meaning again. And that was because I had to rebuild myself physically emotionally psychologically spiritually in that order so it took me a long time and there was many detours and many kind of like things that i tried and tried to go back to um so this is a long process for to find that meaning again it's not like you pray to god you have this illuminating moment and then all of a sudden you found the meaning of your life it's not instantaneous like that it's a process because it's a process that forces you to go within so I think one of the key things is to not for how to heal from the dark night of the soul is to don't, not to get rid of the belief that the point in life is to be happy all the time. Yes, your point in life is your purpose in life. If you want to engage in a deeper process is to become more vitally engaged in life and to become more of your true self. And life will inevitably involve losses, griefs, failures happy moments, successes, it involves a whole spectrum of it. So being vitally engaged with it means that you're open to any of that and you're able to engage with that with your whole being from an authentic place.
1: Very well said. And it also, in order in this process to go through, what it really requires is faith in the true meaning of the word. Yeah. Because if you really then connect to God, you trust God, you trust the divine, no matter what happens. Yeah, you know that's that's really the true meaning of surrender. Which the ego personality, the charlatan within, will resist. It will complain, victimize, and all of that. But it's being tr- trusting the process, so to speak. It's easier said than done. Yeah, of course.
0: I didn't have, I actually didn't have faith, I want to say, through most of this process until I actually developed a more sincere relationship with my spiritual process besides just doing yoga. But what I did have, and I remember this critical turning point because for a long time, I was on the path of self-destruction. I actually honestly wanted to die when I was 27, like all of my favorite idols. I was like, this is great. I'm just gonna live fast, die young. This is amazing, right? So I was on this path of self-destruction, but I remember the turning point actually happened around my Saturn return shortly after that nodal opposition. I decided I'm going to choose life. Like I'm going to choose to fully engage in life. I'm going to be Mm -hmm. with all the feelings that come up. I'm not going to turn away from it. So I chose the path of life. So if you can't choose faith, if you don't have that sense of faith, that's fine. You're going to find it eventually, but at least choose to live your life as fully as authentically as possible and to be fully engaged in it. That's the choice, I think.
1: Yeah, And the key point, what you mentioned is don't try and solve the dark night of the soul. This is what modern society does, psychiatry. Oh, you have a problem, take this pill. Oh, you're not feeling good, do this. Sometimes we need to stay with the process. Not doesn't mean to give in, right, and give up. And just like, you know, that's then falling into complete uh, amnesia and darkness and just giving in to all of that. But staying with the process is allowing yourself to feel our feelings, allowing yourself um, to express whatever comes up in that sense so to speak right it is about when we talk about engaging in it consciously it means for me what i've also realized to allow ourselves to feel all these feelings difficult feelings that come up we usually have suppressed yeah Allow ourselves to feel them which is easier said than done without suppressing them yeah uh, because there's a deeper process and obviously like you said just right now In the midst of it, we're not aware of it. We don't have faith. It sucks. Everything, all the defense mechanisms come up. But even if you can remember that, you know, if if I would have been aware back then through my Dark nights of the Soul that there's actually that is an archetypal process, even somewhat on intellectual level, I would have known that. I would have had a quote unquote not easier time, but at least have some sort of light at the end of the tunnel. Because oftentimes, similar to you, there was no light in the tunnel whatsoever. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, you have to engage with that process of transformation fully because if you engage with it consciously, it will make you strip away the false selves, the outdated parts of your personality, the outdated parts of your lies. and it will give you an opportunity to have a new start on life, which is definitely what I went through, is I had to let go of a lot of old friends, old habits, old ways of being. Literally pretty much everything had to go.
1: And that's why also be very careful of judging others, especially nowadays with social media. Appearances don't say anything about the evolution of the soul or what the soul needs to go through or where a person's at in terms of a level of soul being, right? You never know what another person needs to experience or is going through from a deeper spiritual perspective and soul evolution, right? Just because somebody seems to be extremely successful, happy, has a perfect relationship, kids, all the money in the world and all of that doesn't mean that they are quote-unquote more wolf than somebody who's dealing with addiction right now.
0: Yeah, a lot of people didn't actually know I was going through this. So basically, how to heal from a dark night of the soul, see it as an opportunity of transformation, be willing to let go of the old parts of yourself that need to be let go of, and be willing to engage in deeper inner work, deeper shadow work, which we'll go into more in the second hour as well. Exactly. And then some of the gifts of the dark night of the soul is if you go through this process consciously, it will give you meaning to life, a deeper meaning. I didn't actually have that meaning. I was Mm. substituting the meaning with addictions, with various kinds of distractions. This gave me a true sense of meaning. I was living my life for me. I was living my life for my own purpose after that. I was figuring it out as I go. I was back on my path, basically. So that's one of the gifts of it. And then another thing is it can give you depth. So, a lot of people in this world, I would argue, live on this surface level, just always trying to be happy, always putting on this false persona of like, oh, how are you? I'm good, etc., <laughs> you know, while well, going through this have given me the ability to really understand the joys and pains which are part of life.
1: Yes, exactly, very well said. So, it's a great quote by Juan de la Cruz, God leads us into the dark night those whom he desires to purify from all these imperfections, so that he may bring them further onward.
0: Yeah, that's another gift of the dark night of the soul, is that we're meant to let go of these false selves so we can step into a more authentic version of ourselves. And we do this through developing a relationship with God. Yes. So that's the whole point. And do you want to read the last quote?
1: Yes, there's one more from the same author, beautiful. No matter how much individuals do through their own efforts, they cannot actively purify themselves enough to be disposed in the least degree for the divine union Of the perfection of love, God must take over and purge them in that fire that is dark for them—the fire transmutation. So remember, ultimately, the darkness of the soul, even as it's based on the original poem by John of the Cross, is about the purification process and bringing you closer to God.
0: Yeah. So, for those who um, want to listen to the second hour, what we're going to cover is what happens when we don't face our dark nights of the soul how this relates to Joseph Hambell's hero's journey. We're going to describe that hero's journey. We're going to talk about the law of ascent and descent and how that relates to this, the dark night of the soul as well. Um, potential transits that can fi- be related to it.
1: Astrological transits.
0: Astrologically. And then the dark night of the soul, how it relates to facing the shadow and how that can end in a rebirth of creativity. So if yeah. you want to, and then also sharing, sorry, in context with all of this, Bernhard's experiences of his dark night of the soul as, well um so if you want to become a member and listen to our second hour you can go to veilofreality.com membership and we will continue on the conversation there
1: thank you for listening and we'll be right back thank you